What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 175 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm not your host, Ben Hover, because Ben is currently in Mexico, so it will only be me today. And on today's show, I'm going to recap my results from cash games and GPPs in week eight in the NFL on DraftKings, reflect on some of the key decision points from the slate, and of course, close out the show by taking a look at some of the more interesting stats and storylines from the week. If you're new to the podcast and like what you hear, make sure you are subscribed on whatever podcast platform you use, whether that be Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Podcast Addict. It helps us out a lot. Make sure you download the episode as well. You can find us on YouTube at the DFS Dose, where we produce fantasy content all week, every week, and live stream every single Saturday night at 11 p.m. EST. And finally, our Discord channel is open and available and free to join. The link to do so is in the description of this podcast if you are interested in discussing with us. In terms of my results for this week, I had a very bad week. We're back in the L column again. And just in terms of cash games, the cash line was about 141 to 146 in various double ups from $5 to $25. My double up lineup ended up finishing with 110 points in head to heads. My head to head lineup, which was my original cash game lineup, finished with 147.5. Oh, two points. This was a week where late swap came into play again, similar to week seven, where we had to think about late swapping and we ultimately didn't. In week eight, I was thinking about late swapping and ultimately did late swap off my original lineup only in double ups. So in head to heads, I ended up finishing with a 70% win rate, but lost every single double up. And we could talk about that now, you know, so in my lineup, I ran Jalen Hurts, DeAndre Swift, Daryl Henderson, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, T. Higgins, Dan Arnold, Washington defense. That was my original lineup. So after the one o'clock games, after Jalen Hurts only scored 11 points, when the Eagles scored 44 points total, you know, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard each scored two rushing touchdowns and Hurts ended up not even playing the fourth quarter. DeAndre Swift scored nine points in one of the most valuable roles for a PPR site in DraftKings that he has, and he doesn't play the fourth quarter, after not playing Michael Pittman's 30-point game, after not playing Josh Allen's 29-point game, he gets there on a late garbage-time rushing touchdown. I had to swap. So my swap ended up being only in double-ups just because I went through my head-to-heads and Honestly, if you have the time on Sunday and you're playing, you know, a large quantity of head-to-heads, you should be looking through your head-to-heads and, you know, seeing if you have to make swaps in a specific head-to-head or whatnot. So I went through, I looked, and I ultimately ended up keeping my cash lineup in head-to-heads because a lot of the guys that I played made some suboptimal plays. Their lineups were just dog shit, if I'm being honest. So... Ended up staying in my head-to-heads in double-ups. I swapped from Godwin to Cortland Sutton at the same price tag. I swapped from Dan Arnold to 
Jonu Smith at the same price tag and got crushed. And that's just how it goes, man. You know, I don't regret swapping. And it's obviously unfortunate that if I stay, my lineup cashes in every single double up and I have a profitable week and I'm all happy and whatnot. But I ended up swapping. And ultimately, we've discussed this before, swapping is plus EV in the long run. Yeah, in a week like this where I made a suboptimal swap from a result standpoint, just from the information that I knew going into the 4 o'clock games, it was the easiest swap of my life. Um, I had to get off Chris Godwin, who was going to be one of the highest owned receivers on the slate and you know, just hope that he busts. And Cortland Sutton in a great spot against a Washington pass funnel defense, I thought was a clean and easy pivot. And maybe it's different if I pivot to Tyler Lockett. You know, I, I probably win in that scenario, but I thought Cortland Sutton was a little bit better um, going up against Washington. And then Dan Arnold, who was one of the chalkier tight end plays of the slate, was obviously a great play with his new role in Jacksonville. And, you know, he had eight catches in this spot. And I swapped to Janu Smith, who does not have a great role on the Patriots, but they were playing the Chargers, one of the worst defenses against tight ends this season. So I just wanted to get off the Chris Godwin and Dan Arnold chalk in double ups just so I can make up the ground that I had lost after the one o'clock games. So obviously just a brutal, brutal swap, brutal week, ended up losing in double ups, which, you know, compromises a large portion of the money that I play on a weekly basis. So if I lose in double ups, I'm most likely not profiting on the week unless I hit in a GPP and we could discuss GPPs for a second. I had another bad GPP week, only cashed like two out of 17 lineups. I think one of my biggest flaws in tournaments is that I'm so indecisive and that definitely has to be fixed. That is probably the biggest leak in my game so far this season is I can't just make up my mind. I can't narrow down my player pool. I feel like the Sharps are narrowing down their player pools to, you know, one or two or three specific teams that they target and whatever one-offs they play. And I just I just can't do that. I just feel like there's so many good plays and I have to have expo I have to have exposure to, you know, this certain guy or this certain stack every single week. And I think ultimately that hurts my lineups just because when I'm building I'm just so indecisive and definitely have to get that fixed and had another bad week. It is what it is. As long as you can identify what is wrong in your process and work to fix it, that's really all that matters. So hopefully in week nine, I can get back on track, you know, put out some winning tournament lineups and hopefully bink a tournament, but we'll have to wait and see for that. Just in terms of some decision points, I don't think there was many decision points in cash games this week I felt like there was only two quarterbacks in play and Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen in cash I felt like the running pool was very very condensed Daryl Henderson Joe Mixon DeAndre Swift Hubbard wide receivers felt like it was a very condensed cash pool as well Godwin 
Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, tight ends. I mean, there was only one tight end, tight end in playing cash games, Dan Arnold. So there wasn't many decision points until Calvin Ridley got ruled out at 1130. Jamal Williams got ruled out at 1130. After that news broke, that's when the decision became a little bit harder on what lineup construction to run. And I felt like there was only two lineup constructions that were optimal this week. And one of them was paying up to Cooper Cup and paying down at your third wide receiver spot. And that most likely got you off of Chris Godwin um, in the mid-range. And then the second lineup was the lineup that I ran. And that was more of a balanced lineup. And that was the lineup construction that I was on all week. I felt like it was a little bit better. It was projecting better than the cup lineup and fading Cooper Cup in cash is obviously tough. You know, he's just one of the best fantasy players of all time so far to start the NFL season. So fading him at 9k was a decision that you had to make and I felt like it was the right decision. You know, he was 9k. He finished with 27 and a half. So he got a little over 3x, but it didn't kill you. Ultimately, if you ran that lineup, you probably lost in cash. And with Calvin Ridley being out, that was the second decision point that impacted the slate was, you know, who were you going to play off of Calvin Ridley? Would it be Keenan Allen? Would it be Cortland Sutton or another wide receiver in the mid-range? Would it be Cordero Patterson at 6,200, you know, as your third running back? And ultimately, that is the route that I went was playing Patterson as my RB3 with Swift and Daryl Henderson. And with Kevin Ridley out, I just felt like there was a good chance for Patterson to see increased volume in the passing game. And obviously, his rushing equity is growing every single week. And he was playing more than Mike Davis. The Falcons came out and they were dog shit in this game against Carolina. And they didn't really produce, but... Patterson ended up getting there. You know, he scored 18 points at 6,200. I played him over Chuba Hubbard, who was 6K. So I was fine with that decision. And like I said, um, I had Keenan Allen in my original lineup off of Calvin Ridley. And I had to swap to Cortland Sutton in double ups off of Chris Godwin. So those were the main decision points um, in cash games. You know, if you were on Pittman and Josh Allen, if you were on that build, uh, you were, you know, just chilling, sailing to the money and probably had a fantastic week. So not much to discuss there in terms of decision points. Just in terms of this podcast, I'm not going to discuss interesting stats and storylines. So I'm sorry if you came to listen to that segment. I just wanted to come on here and record a quick recap of how I did on DraftKings this week, I think it's important to post your results and be accountable. You know, you can go back, I can go back and listen to this and, you know, hear about my process and what I did right and what I did wrong. So ultimately, a bad week of DraftKings, but with anything in life, you got to take the L's on the chin. You got to keep on moving forward and focus on next week. But that is going to be it for this episode of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on whatever podcast platform you use. If you're interested, make sure you check out our YouTube channel at the DFS Dose 
on YouTube. We're currently at 310 subscribers, so help us get to 400 subs if you're listening to this. And we will be back on Thursday on this podcast feed to break down the week nine slate ben will be back so gonna be good to have him back recording talking about football finally you can also connect with us through our discord channel which is linked down below in the description if you are interested in joining if you're listening out there just know that we appreciate you we value you and until next time let's stay accountable and keep it authentic vibes